The American presidential election, as you know, is hanging in the balance with a handful of closely contested states set to decide the outcome in the coming hours or days. Democrat challenger Joe Biden has a narrow lead in Wisconsin after officials completed their vote count in the pivotal state. And the campaign of U.S. President Donald Trump has sought a recount. Joining me is Washington Post data analyst and political commentist, Kamala, columnist uh, David Byler. Good morning, David. Anyone would think I'd been up all night counting votes? Hi. Yeah, it's <laughs> been uh, uh, quite a, you know, 24, 18, however long, however many hours it's been. It's been quite a time. And it's not over yet, is it? No, definitely not. So are you game to call Biden for the win, even taking into account any kind of court challenges? Right. So there are no sort of official race calls of who's going to win uh, the election for president yet for major outlets in the U.S. There's uh, good reasons for Biden supporters to be cautiously optimistic uh, coming out of Wisconsin, coming out of Michigan and Pennsylvania and some of the votes that are still expected to be counted in other states as well. There's a, some reason for cautious optimism there. But, you know, we're still just riding this uh, roller coaster of ballot counting here. How are the ballots counted? Because we've had a couple of callers who were wondering, you know, are there scrutineers there, court appointed independent scrutineers? When they count, when they're doing the early vote counting, because that was something that Donald Trump put flags up uh, over in the lead up to the election. Right. So what's probably confusing about American election systems is that every single state gets to administer its own election. So every state gets to decide, do we send people mail ballots? Do we let them vote early in person? Is it just, you know, mostly Election Day, that sort of thing? And they also get to decide their different security measures. And so uh, there's sort of a line between having the appropriate amount of, you know, checks and scrutiny and things like that on the election results and having somebody in there who's trying to unduly influence voters or who is trying to affect the process in some significant way. So every state has their own sort of different balance of uh, these laws and what's allowed and what's Mm -hmm. not allowed. Uh, And that's part of the reason you get uh, such a sort of messy answer when you ask about American politics is because it's different with every state. Right. Now, yeah, already, even in New Zealand, you've got people saying, you know, there's conspiracy, conspiracists at foot who are manipulating uh, the election. Are those whispers becoming noisier in the U.S.? Right. Well, one thing that's happened in U.S. politics over the last few months is that Trump has publicly telegraphed that he will, you know, uh, potentially say the election is illegitimate if he thinks it's illegitimate or not. And the word thinks is important in doing work there because so far we've had no evidence of his claims of fraud or things like that. He makes a lot of different claims. We haven't seen really evidence of it. So there's definitely some conspiratorial thinking afoot uh, here in the U.S. I This is just a personal thought. I would not be surprised if it gets a little bit worse as time goes on mm-hmm. um, because it's a relatively close race. This isn't blowout margins. Blowout margins are more convincing than what we're seeing right now. So we're in for a little bit of a slog here. I was saying earlier, too, that if Biden does become the 46th president of the United States, he can't afford to ignore that large block of Trump voters who come from all cross sections of the community. They're not they're not the one dimensional 
um, mouth breathers that commentators would have us believe. No, that's exactly true. The uh, Republican coalition and the Democratic coalition is a really diverse group of people. One interesting trend we saw uh, last night was that Trump seems to be making inroads with Hispanic and Latino voters, and he won over uh, this county, Mahoning County in Ohio, which is sort of a traditional uh, place for Rust Belt Democrats. Uh, for sort of old, you know, factory-type workers, blue-collar workers. And so a lot of the people that Trump has are people that Democrats have said explicitly, hey, you know, we want you, we think that your, you know, vote is something that would mesh well in our coalition, coalition. Mm -hmm. but Trump has them instead. So it's really important, I think, for both sides to be very serious about what it is uh, that is appealing about the other side. What is it that Trump offers to these voters? I saw one commentator last night saying that they, from an exit poll, that the uh, people who'd been canvassed didn't particularly like him or trust him, but they felt he was a strong leader who had a good handle on the economy, and they preferred that to a likable chap. Right, exactly. So Trump's weaknesses are what you name. People think that he's not empathetic. People think that he's not trustworthy. Um, and most Americans disapprove of his job performance in office, especially around issues like the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he registers reasonably well on qualities like strengths and intelligence. And uh, like you said, his poll numbers on the economy are better than they are for other issue areas. Trump also Uh, Just by sort of accommodating a lot of traditional conservatives, a lot of social conservatives on issues like abortion or LGBT rights has sort of gained a transactional loyalty Mm -hmm. from much of the Republican base. They might say, "Eh, I may or may not relate to this person as a person, but they're delivering all these policy, uh, you know, initiatives that I wanted in the first place. So you really have a complex mix of things going into Trump support. Uh, which is a very substantial chunk of the country. Yeah, and I just wonder if those, you know, older retired blue collar workers are confused by the modern world and finding it's kind of left them behind with, you know, transgender toilets and, you know, the civil rights movement that they thought had been won in the 60s or 70s or something and had gone on with their lives. You know, I just wonder if they feel the world has left them behind and Trump is black and white. There's no shades of grey. So I think that, that that there's something to that in the sense that uh, Trump's sort of cultural conservatism, right, make America great again, sort of a callback to the past is helpful uh, for him with some blocks of voters, some groups. There's a there's nostalgia vote. I think there's a flip side to what you're talking about as well, which is that uh, some of the demographics you're describing have arguably been left behind by globalization, by trade and things mm-hmm. like that. So fairly or unfairly, if they uh, sort of identify Democrats as the party of, you know, the knowledge workers, the different sector, uh, you know, that sort of thing, that could have potential blowback. Uh, A lot of these voters might think not only are the Democrats different from me culturally, they also just have a totally different agenda economically. So, you know, whatever the merits are on policy, people disagree Uh, but that's another way of sort of processing the differences. And just funny, because I've taken up a lot of your time, and I do appreciate it because I know how busy you must be, but do you think Joe Biden can last the course if he does become president? I mean, his his we're all doing very well speech last night was not 
a convincing display of strength in oratory? You know, I tend not to, you know, speculate on the health of people. I think that that's such an individualized uh, situation that I just don't have any sort of access to. Uh, Biden himself has projected a lot of messages that, you know, he is sort of a person who has strength and has the physical ability and he's sent out his, his doctor's release. Honestly, we just have to see uh, mm-hmm. with age. I've noticed that different people, you know, deal with it differently. Some people just, you know, that, yeah, different people just deal with aging differently. So I think we just have to kind of take it and see how it goes for Biden and see how it goes for Trump if he's elected, because both of these guys are uh, sort of in the upper age range for Americans. <laughs> I nominate you for the diplomatic corps. Thank you very much, David Byler. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. That is David Byler, Washington Post data analyst and political columnist. There we go, managed to get it out this time. News Talk ZB, it's a quarter to ten.